Hey there, and welcome to the last episode of 2021. What better way to end the year than with a success story episode, especially with PMP student Leah Bryant? Like so many of us, Leah did not have any experience in editing audio, in radio, in anything like this before she started her podcast management business. In fact, she was a fraud investigator who then turned into a podcast producer. Leah and I talk about how she started working online, why she started working online, why she landed on podcast management, how she landed her first client, and what her daily life looks like as a podcast manager who's also a mom with a three and a half year old son. I hope that this episode not only inspires you, but also gives you a glimpse of what it can look like to be a successful podcast manager like Leah. So, Without further ado, let's go talk to Leah Bryant. Hey there, I'm Lauren, and you're listening to The Podcast Manager Show, a podcast for podcast managers. Each week, we cover the technical and tactical aspects of running a profitable podcast manager business. With over 90,000 new shows starting each month, podcast managers are in demand. I mean, in demand. And I'm here to help you land your dream clients while reaching your monthly income goals without working like crazy. Are you ready? Let's get to today's episode. Leah, thank you so much for being here today. I'm so excited to chat with you. Thanks, Lauren, for having me. I'm so excited. So we are going to be talking about your how you started your business, how you became a podcast manager, all the details. I know people love to hear from individuals. Like, how are you actually doing this? What does this look like? So we're going to get into all those details today. But let's just start off with, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started working online. Sure. So I was in the corporate world in banking. I investigated fraud for a very long time and decided to leave that world and come home, as they say, and try to start a family. And so we were successful and blessed with having our son. And about a year into motherhood, while I love it, this is not a diss to motherhood, (laughs) but I was like, I need something for me, kind of like I need something to occupy my mental space that wasn't being occupied, I guess. And someone had mentioned like virtual assistants, you can still work from home, you know, make a difference, help people impact their businesses and so on. And I was like, okay, that sounds fun. Let's do this. So I jumped in. That's kind of like how it all started as far as like freelancing and being in the online space. Mm, Yeah. Now, was this like a personal connection that introduced you to it? Or was it like you, you know, Googling online? So someone had mentioned it, but then, you know, being the investigator that I am, I'm like, let's go on the internet and look at all the things. Yeah. There's a lot of programs out there, but I went through um, the savvy system and it was really great because it kind of like walked through all the steps to kind of build your business and Mm -hmm. It helped me to kind of get my foot in the door, as they say. So it was a great beginning, beginning start to a wonderful journey thus far. Yeah, I love that. Now, how did you hear about podcast management for the first time? So it's interesting enough, while I was going through this program, everyone always said, or they still say, the riches are in the niches, niches, however you want to say it. (laughs) But they always say, you know, narrow down, get specific of who you want to help and what you want to do. And I was like, oh, well, I don't know. And someone had mentioned something about podcasting. And I was like, 
hmm, I love podcasts. Let's look into this. So they have like a very tiny high level course within that system. And I was like, okay, well, I need more because I fell in love, right? It was hooked after that 30 minute little seminar. And I had asked in the group if there are any courses available for specific podcasting. And someone mentioned your, your group and literally signed up the next day. <laughs> love it. You're like, you just knew. <laughs> you just knew. I was like, I love podcasting. Be able to work in something, you know, do something that you love. It's not really work mm-hmm. or something like that. So it was just kind of like a dream come true. I was like, okay, this is great. And your course was, it took like that high level and like just broke it down to like understandable bits that I was able to just kind of build upon. So one thing led to another and it's been great. Yeah. I love that. So then how were you building your business while still being with your son? How did that kind of little by little, how was that going? So he was, I think when I started, he was about a year and a half or so. So still needing me, still kind of like learning that independent stage. And it was early mornings, typically like, you know, nap time and late at night, just try to just kind of like fit it in as, cause it was, was working. I wasn't working for someone else. I was working for me. So that was mm. the great thing about being a freelancer is having the opportunity to set my own hours and to fit it into my lifestyle not me fitting my life into someone else's schedule. So it was really impactful in the way that if I needed to go hang out with him, the work was there. And then clients understood that, right? And so easy to just kind of like weave in and out of my day. Mm -hmm. And that's just kind of like been the winning ticket to being able to be successful thus far is just being able to know that I can do that. Yeah, and I think sometimes, you know, if you come from a corporate world, you feel that pull of like, wait, I know what it's like to be, you know, working all day and to like work to be the main thing. But then you become stay-at-home mom and like, the, you know, you, that life is the main thing. So, ha- you right. know, I think some of us lean more towards one way of like, well, if my client needs me, I need to be there. But that's really not the case. You kind of have to do a mental shift and yes. say like, this is my own business, like you said. And I set my own hours and I can go and spend time with my kids if it's no matter what time of the day it is, because that's how I want to do things. And not to say that I didn't have a hard time with that mindset at the beginning, because I was Mm -hmm. very much still that employee mindset. Like as soon as an email came in, I was on it and I was answering it and I was doing it. But then I was like, I had to step back and had to realize that, you know, this is my business. I can run it how I want to and fit it into like my schedule and my family's schedule and being there, the real reason why I left corporate to be there for my son and my family. So it's been a learning experience, but well worth it in the end. Yeah. And one thing with podcasting, I feel like there's not that many emergencies, you know, like there's not that many, like (laughs) this has to be done now unless you forget a deadline, which would not be ideal. (laughs) But other than that, there's not a lot of emergency type situations. And that's another thing I'm grateful for, right? Like you have a pretty good schedule. You get into a rhythm mm-hmm. and you being obnoxiously organized like I am, it, it just makes it easier to not have any fires, right? And to be able to stick to a schedule or not a schedule if I don't want to, so. Mm-hmm. But a system. Exactly. Yeah. So there's lots of pieces of podcast management, as we know. What is your favorite 
or maybe two if you can't decide on one, but what's like one of your favorite things to do within podcast management? Hands down, it's editing. I know that that is not the typical answer. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes it is and sometimes it's not. It's polarizing. (laughs) Right. It kind of gives me that opportunity to be creative and help. I really like helping people take their message and make it very clear and, Mm. you know, be able to impact their audience. So it's definitely given me that outlet of all the things I love. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. I think the people that love to edit, that's exactly how they feel is like they, <laughs> editing is number one or it's like, eh, or right. it's like, I'm not, never doing it. <laughs> that's exactly that's how it falls with, with podcast managers. Uh, now let's talk about, we don't need to necessarily go through every one of your clients, but I'd love to know how you landed your first podcast client. Sure. So the first one, it's very, so interesting how it happened. So in that transition period of going from, virtual assistant to podcast management, I was trying to like kind of define myself and who I was going to help and that sort of thing. And my very first client, I was in a clubhouse room mm. for what no reason in particular. And this lady was talking about how she had all these things she was starting. And among all these things was a podcast. She really needed a virtual assistant. She's going to help her do all the things. And I was like, oh my goodness, it's almost like a sign. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not the kind of person that hops into your DMs like ever, (laughs) unless I know you. Yeah. So this was the one time, one and only time I was like, hey. (laughs) I'm the perfect person. Right? Like (laughs) I, and that's what I told her. I was like, I'm a VA, but I'm transitioning into podcast management. And I'm definitely willing to help you with all the virtual assistant aspect of it. And we can kind of learn this podcast world together. And we did. And it was phenomenal. Yes. I'm glad that you added that detail that you told her that you were a VA transitioning into podcast management Mm -hmm. because a lot of people listening are virtual assistants or doing something else in the freelance space. And they ask me and they don't know if they want to be like, quote unquote, honest about the fact that they're, they haven't landed a podcast client yet. They don't know how to kind of manage that in between. And I, I think it's totally fine to say exactly what you did. It's honest especially if you're going to feel uncomfortable not being honest, which I wouldn't say the opposite is like being dishonest. But if you're like, I feel most comfortable being transparent, go for it. Why not? Right? Yeah. And I feel like she appreciated that because she knew that since I was transitioning, I'm eager to learn, right? So Mm -hmm. I'm going to be learning all the things and maybe taking that extra step. And maybe not, I mean, in the way that's going to sound, but taking that extra step to learn everything that I can. So that if she had questions, I'm like, yeah, let me go find the answer to that. You know, so she was very appreciative of not only the honesty, but well, not honesty, but the transparency, I should say, the fact that we could grow together, right? Because she has had never podcasted before. So to be able to have someone where we could ask questions, bounce ideas and stuff like that, it was just a great learning experience for us both. Yeah, I love that. And yeah, like you said, I think in general, even when we're new or when we're more seasoned, one of the reasons that people do hire us is so that we will go get their questions answered. Right. Sometimes we'll know all the answers, you know, and that'll be like the best day of the week. But then oftentimes there's a question that you've never heard before, but you just saying, oh, let me go look into that for you. They're like, oh, thank you. One thing I don't need to look into for myself. Exactly. Be able to give them that time. Okay. I know my question is going to be answered and I don't have to spend hours on Google looking Mm -hmm. (laughs) or asking of various groups. Right. 
And like in context, right? Like they can look the question up, like what's the best mic to use or whatever this question could be. But in context, if you know, if you talk to someone who's in podcasting, they're like, oh, let me think, let me think this through with my podcasting mind on. Exactly. <laughs> so it, it is different to ask someone who cares to learn, like you said, versus just like going to Google. Exactly. Because Google, it's going to give them thousands of answers, right? And they're not going to know what's the best. Whereas if they ask us, then we're going to be able to direct them to the best of our knowledge, you know, and to the best answer Mm -hmm. in a shorter amount of time. Yeah. So I love that you brought up Clubhouse because it's kind of on its way out from my opinion. What about you? Are you, do you still go to Clubhouse at all? I not often. I do sometimes, but I'm busier now. And I feel like my clients, while they are somewhat on Clubhouse, the majority of them aren't are not. And I want to like put the time that I do spend in my business and direct it to places right now that's going to be the most impactful. And I mostly go to Clubhouse to listen and to learn, not really, you know, talking in groups or anything. So Mm -hmm. if I have the time, I will, but I agree with you. I don't see, I don't know. It kind of like has its ins and outs, ups Mm -hmm. and downs as far as, is it going to stay around forever? Is it not, you know, but yeah. Yeah. I still like the idea of it, but I couldn't get into it because it was like, I just equate it to being like at a live event. Right. You have to be there. You cannot multitask. And so I multitask a lot, but of course there's a lot of hours and, you know, hours in my week that I don't multitask, but I don't want to spend those precious hours of focus time necessarily on clubhouse is what I've kind of taken away. (laughs) So yeah, although I I do love the concept, so I don't necessarily want it to go away, but I'm just like, yeah, not for me, at least not right now. Right. And some people, it's their jam and Hey, you know what? That's awesome. They'd be able to have that outlet, right? (laughs) Totally. I think it's like definitely an extrovert's dream because yes. it's like you can tap into <laughs> you could just tap into like talking to anyone or listening to anyone at least talk so like if you need that like energy lift yes go to clubhouse <laughs> and sometimes I just go there for the energy lift right just to like hear people there and their excitement but yeah it's kind of like if yeah especially when we're working at home if you're like I need to just hear other people talk <laughs> I mean I do that all the time with just podcasts I'm like I don't really need to learn anything right now but I just like want to I want to be with people. That's funny. So you said that you were trying to decide like who you wanted to serve. So who did you land on as far as your, who's your ideal client? It's actually taken a little bit to get there, to be honest. Like the first, well, really, let's be honest. The first year of my business, I was just kind of like anyone and everyone, let me help you. Yeah. (laughs) But now I've kind of like niched down to coaches in the Christian space even better And not necessarily someone who's beginning their coaching career, but maybe someone who's been at it for a little bit. Mm -hmm. They have a message. They just want to be able to have another platform to share it on and be, you know, impact more people like a wider, wider audience. Yeah, I love that. Hey there, I wanted to interrupt this episode with a quick message for you. If you are listening to this show, then you are either wanting to become a podcast manager or currently a podcast manager. And I wanted to invite you to my free masterclass where I show you how to become a profitable podcast manager without working more than 20 hours per week. So in this masterclass, I break down what it would look like for you to be making three to 5K per month working as a podcast manager 
without working more than 20 hours a week. Not only do I break that down, but I also talk about the three myths that I used to believe that was keeping me away from being a profitable podcast manager and that you might be believing as well. That and I share all the details about my podcast manager program. So if you're interested in learning more, learning the three myths that might be keeping you away from becoming a profitable podcast manager, or you just want to see what does it take to be a profitable podcast manager, then grab a seat to my masterclass. I would love to see you there. Just head to laurenwrighton.com forward slash masterclass and it'll show the next available time. Okay, awesome. That is it. Go sign up for the masterclass. I cannot wait to see you there. Let's get back to the episode. Yeah, I think finding that ideal client or landing on that is like, I love it, but I don't love it because it's like, it, it holds people back because they think they have to like know and it has to be so specific. And it's like, it's great when it's specific, but give yourself that time. Give yourself that time and just try to be, try to pick something and then pivot it as you see fit. Um, so I'm glad you you gave yourself that space and time to land on on who you're gonna be really serving. Now, I know that you are growing your team now, which is amazing. I love that. You don't necessarily have to get there, right? But you've chosen to do that. So tell us a little bit about maybe your decision to grow a team and maybe a, like a couple of people that you've hired. Sure. So interestingly enough, when I started podcasting, I was like, I'm just going to be a solo act. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm never going to grow a team. I don't have any interest in it whatsoever. And literally within the past four months, I was like, but why Leah? <laughs> you know, like I enjoy helping people period, like mm -hmm. regardless anything in life. So be able to take that apply it to my clients, but then to be able to work with other amazing women and have them bring their zone of genius, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Because if my zone of genius is editing, not that I'm horrible at show notes, but if I could give that to someone else and that's what they're, that's their jam, then why not? So mm -hmm. being able to find these key people, women that I brought in has just been amazing, right? And I'm going to give a shout out to Missy. She is my copywriter and I found her in the, um, the virtual assistant group. And I was just like, Hey, I know you're a copywriter. What are your thoughts? Would you ever want to write some show notes or just any kind of copy that, you know, that I'm providing for podcasters? Mm -hmm. And she was like, yeah, totally down for that. So it's just been amazing having her on the team and be able to provide, you know, amazing content each week. Not only does it give me that extra time, but it just makes me feel really proud, like to be able to collaborate with someone in their zone of genius and to mm -hmm. bring that to fruition for our client, you know, is really great. And there's lots of things that I like to do, but I'm not necessarily the great, you know, that it's just not what I do well. Yeah. So I was able to bring in someone to help with like YouTube, the video editing aspect of it, Alexis. Yes. And it's so funny to me how the, how the podcasting space is going, you know, audio and video, but mm -hmm. um, to be able to have that aspect and offer that, I think is really unique. It's a unique um, offering for her to offer podcasters, um, the video editing portion piece. So that's been fun to get to learn and watch that, watch that grow and transcriptions. Um, I have someone that helps with transcriptions, Linda, she does an amazing job. So it's just been a lot of fun finding all these people to or women help 
grow my business, grow their business and make an impact each day and each week. Yeah. I too love that collaboration piece because yeah, you can totally do this as a solo person and it can be really streamlined, but having those collaborators and like you said, even if you're like good at writing show notes or good at graphics, but like it takes you forever. You have to like set, you know, get yourself ready to do it. Exactly. It's so nice to like let it go, especially if someone's like better at it than you are. Cause you're like, oh, good. Thank you. You were meant to do this. (laughs) I am not. And I don't have to stress about it. Right. Like not that I was stressing a whole lot, but it was just like, oh, like you said, like, oh, I've got to do this. Not, And it's just like, you know, to be able to give that to someone and not have to worry about it, you're like, hooray, <laughs> just have a totally different perspective about it. And whenever you hit a good stride in landing clients, it's great to be like, okay, cool. Now I have this space. I really can take these people on as clients. I don't have to be like, you know, I'm, I, I'm going to be kind of at my capacity because when, you know, when you hit your capacity as an individual, you either scale your prices and it's just you or you grow your team and probably scale your prices at the same time. Right. <laughs> Depending kind of on where you started. But but yeah, you're like, okay, now what? Am I just going to, you know, am I going to continue growing? So yeah, you, you said you were thinking of just saying yourself, you just decided like, hey, this is... I see the opportunity here. Why not go for it? Was that kind of your mentality? Yes. And yeah, because it got to that point where I was like, oh, I'm going to have to start a wait list or figure out something because it was starting to get a little overwhelming, right? Because I was able to land clients. I'm so grateful for. And it kind of got, okay, here's a defining moment, right? That pivot in the road. Do I want to start a wait list or do I want to just start building a team? Mm -hmm. And to be honest, I don't know if I could talk about this or not, but your program, the accelerator program, yeah, of course, really helped me kind of nail down, okay, let's do this, right? Let's start a team. Because initially I went into your program of wanting to do VIP days. Yes, I remember that. Yeah. And uh, I was like, let's do VIP days. And that would help me, you know, reach those income goals that I had set for myself. Mm-hmm. Then like the more that we dove into the program, I was like, you know what? This whole building of team and helping women learn and do and grow and just a collaborative community mm-hmm. really caught my attention. I was like, let's do it. Yeah, I love that. I feel the same way. I think that's really my my mission is has always been to like create opportunity for other people. And so, you know, that's why I got, I was like attracted to the MLM world 10 years ago. Right. Because <laughs> that was all about opportunity, right? Yes. Didn't work out, but that's okay. But still, like even as a virtual assistant, you're creating that opportunity for your client. And then if you grow a team, you're creating it. So yeah, I I just love that piece of it is like creating opportunities and options for other people so that we can, you know, especially when we hit a good stride in building our businesses, then it's like bringing people on with you, you know, like allowing it to overflow into other people's businesses and lives. Right. You know, and... I'm even working like with some newer people who are Kelly, she's newer into the podcasting space and just kind of like give her that foot in the door to have like some on on the job training per se to where she's learning to do certain aspects of podcast management and still being, you know, paid for her time. So, Mm -hmm. and to be able to have that testimony, the work and getting the foot in the door is also going to help her build her business later on. And I think that's a really powerful thing. 
Totally. So that's going well, it sounds like. What's something that you're still figuring out in your business right now? Um, I need to have the that song, Elsa, on repeat of Let It Go. <laughs> <laughs> like the little things, Let It Go or what? No, it's being able to find another editor and kind of like realize that to grow my business and to help impact more women in their businesses and clients that I need to be able to let some of it go. Yes. Gotcha. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard. It's so hard to like let go of some of those things. I mean, and like you enjoy it so you can keep some of it, but just some of those things we just are like so convinced that that's where this is what I think. I don't know if this is the case for you, but it's like, we think that our value as a podcast manager is because we're a good editor. And we're like, this is the reason that people want to work with me when really it's actually all the other things probably. Yes. The reason it's like, you know, your personality or your, the way you have described things to them. It's the way that you are presenting the package or whatever is probably more of the reason, but we think like, no, it's the editing. It's the tangible skill. And it's like, probably not so much. That's so true. Like, I love that you said that, Lauren, because that's making me think, right? Because they're coming to, you know, they're working with us and coming to us because of our expertise, Mm -hmm. not necessarily what our zone of genius is, right? Like when you go to take your car to get your oil change, right? You're going to the mechanic because he's an expert in the mechanics of the car. Yeah. And maybe he's nice to talk to. I don't know, but. (laughs) (laughs) Not necessarily because he's like the best per. He like knows how to change oil better than anyone else in the country. Like probably not, but. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, so to be able to have that mindset and to change my mindset to say, okay, just because I may not be editing everybody's show doesn't mean that I'm still not working with them, right? I'm still Mm -hmm. the face of the business and I'm still talking with the clients and still you know, trying to collaboratively work together to have their show be impactful as possible. I would just have more time to do that. Exactly. Yeah, (laughs) you really would. And you would be able to have more time. I know your one of your expertise is the top level thinking is the strategizing. So you would have more time to, to do that, which really would be really impactful for them. Yes, it's so true. And that I enjoy, and I do enjoy that part of it. I just don't get to do it often because of the editing. <laughs> yeah. So to be able to think about the other aspects that I do love to do, like the strategizing, it's definitely given me lots to think about today, Lauren. I, I love it. Getting on that to hire out for another awesome editor. <laughs> yes. Now, uh, what does your daily lo- life look like? Because I personally love hearing this. I know listeners love hearing it too, of just like, you know, how much do you work? Explain to us kind of what your, your average day looks like. Yeah. So I'm an early riser and I always have been. So if I get up before my toddler, which is about 50, 50, yeah, (laughs) then I'm able to, you know, at least do some, maybe some smaller tasks early in the morning. And then the majority of like the working hours or after he goes to bed, Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the house is nice and quiet and I can edit and that sort of thing. And I do work sometimes. I work on like a Saturday if I have some last minute editing to get through. Mm-hmm. But it's really just maybe three or so hours every other day and then a couple hours on a Saturday. So it's mm-hmm. really nice to be able to have the flexibility, right? If I can't work on a Saturday, then I can do it a different day or 
to kind of dependent upon my family schedule, figure that out. So, yeah. And is he home with you all the time? He is. He is. I, <laughs> this whole letting it go is, <laughs> <laughs> is the theme of this episode. <laughs> is the theme. <laughs> yes. So I, he probably should be like going soon to, preschool. So it'll be nice to have those hours in the day that I can transition from the evening to the day. Mm -hmm. So then my late nights would be open to sleep or binge Netflix. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It has been, I I mean, I was doing the same thing where I was working really solely at night and it was a, it was a harder transition for me just personally to stop working at nights because I had trained myself so well to like, not, I don't have to work during the day. I'm my, my work mind is off. You know, I would be, I would like check Facebook and Instagram and stuff, but like for the most part, I wouldn't work. And so then at, you know, I would save working until, you know, seven 30, eight o'clock. And then I would, that was when I was focused. So then once my girl started going to preschool and in kindergarten, I then had to tell myself like, okay, you have an hour. You need to like focus and work instead. I would just like dabble on things, you know? And I'm like, no, Lauren, you gotta, you don't need to work at night as much anymore. Um, but like you said, when the house is quiet, it's like, oh, it's so much easier to like focus, but we don't need to be staying up late if we don't need to. <laughs> exactly. And right. Like that flexibility to have that hour you want to work. Great. Hey, if you don't want to work, that's great too. You can have throw in some self-care, right. Mm-hmm, or do mm-hmm. whatever you want to do and not have to be, you know, it's just, it's just really awesome to not be dependent upon someone else's schedule. Totally. So Yeah. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah, that pressure for myself to just work during the day is just like, I don't want to always work at night. You know, I want to eventually, because then I can spend more time with my husband and like help. He's been cleaning our house for like four years now at night. And I'm like, eventually I need to start maybe helping, but maybe not. Right. (laughs) You're doing such a great job, honey. (laughs) He is doing such a good job. No need to change what's working. Right. (laughs) I love it. Well, thank you so much for sharing that because I, I think it's it's so interesting to hear, you know, how much someone's working and how how it just fits, how it's been fitting in their life. Now, this one, I figured I, I want to start asking people this, but like, it's kind of vague, but what does success look like to you? Like, what is this next? You know, success was probably like, I want to land a couple clients at first, right? But what is this like next level of success look like for you? And I love that as being a freelancer, like that definition is evolving, right? It evolves as we evolve ourselves and like in our business. So currently, (laughs) as of today, (laughs) success for me, it really is going to be defined that I am able to hear my clients say that the stress and overwhelm of podcasting is no more right? Like you have freed up my mental, that mental space. And I'm able to use my zone of genius elsewhere. And also with that is to be able to hire as many women as possible. That's my big focus really with my business is hiring only women. Cause there's, I feel like, especially the, we need to have more representation, you know, behind the scenes for sure work and to be able to bring them on, either pour into them, like help them learn like on the job training if they need it, or just strategize with them about their business or anything like that to be able to help them grow. And then also I like, I have financial goals, especially for 2022 
and reaching like 10K months and to be able to see what kind of an impact that can make, not only for myself, but for my team and to see, just to see the growth, right? All the potential, it's just really exciting. Yes, I agree. That's like something that is unique to being a business owner is that you can just continually evolve this success right? definition for yourself and continue growing because you're not, you don't have to wait on someone else to tell you, exactly. okay, this is the next step in the ladder. You can decide, you know, how steep the ladder is and how high it is, right? Like you right. can be like, Hey, I'm good for a little while. I'm happy with where I'm at. I'm going to hang out here. Or you can be like, Nope, I, I know there's more. I've got, this is my motivation. I'm going to stay focused and, and you can keep growing. Yeah. It's, and when you look at it in that perspective, it kind of like opens up a lot of opportunities to think, okay, you know what? I am perfectly content with having three clients and it's just myself, or, you know, I'm perfectly content having a team of like five women and, you know, however many clients and we're just, you know, rocking it out every single day, or no, I want to keep growing and keep growing, keep growing, you know, to be able to have all those options and not be set or have like this path laid out that you have to do this and you have to do that. It's all based upon what you want and how you see and want your business to grow. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. And I mean, doing these episodes with people, I realize like how really our businesses are all very unique, you know, like there's definitely commonalities, but for the most part, like everyone has a different at home life that they're balancing and different people have different opinions on if they want to hire team members. And so it's like that makes for just like this really customized business for you. Yes, I love that. You know, you get to pick and choose what you want to do and how you want to do it. And at the end of the day, that's what we all want, right? When we become a freelancer is to be able to set our own hours and do our own thing and to be able to take that and turn it to, you know, thinking towards your business and the growth and what you see and how you define successes something that's really impactful, I think. Mm -hmm, for sure. I love that. Well, Leah, thank you so much for coming on. It's been so great to hear about your business. How can we follow you after the episode? I am mostly active on Instagram at Leah Bryant underscore co, co. So, and I'm super active there. Lots of fun and shenanigans and tips <laughs> and all the things. So <laughs> awesome. We will put that in the show notes. Thank you so much again for being here. It's been great and I appreciate your time. Thank you so much, Lauren. It's been great to be here. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. Come connect with me over on Instagram at Lauren Wrighton or in the Podcast Manager Mastermind Facebook group. And let me know what you liked about this episode. I love, love, love hearing your guys' feedback and what is resonating with you. You can always find the links and resources mentioned in the show over at laurenwrighton.com. Special thanks to my amazing podcast manager, Marcy Page, on producing this episode. All right, that's it. Until next time, I'll be cheering you on.